Whether a date night or family holiday outing, Meadowlark's Winter Walk of Lights is the perfect way to experience the magic of the holidays. The half-mile walk through Vienna's enchanting Meadowlark Botanical Gardens features lighted nature themes and sparkling displays. Get your tickets now at winterwalkoflights.com. Extend your holiday season and beat the rush with a weeknight visit in November or early December. Plan your visit and buy tickets at winterwalkoflights.com. That's winterwalkoflights.com. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10. That's V-I-A-T-O-R-10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app? Over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. You're about to receive a life-giving message from Bishop Kevin Foreman, pastor of Harvest Church, one church in global locations. To find out more about Bishop Foreman and Harvest Church, visit our website at www.harvestchurch.church. And remember to love God, love people, and love life. Taking sides, we're taking over. Yeah. Love God, love people, love life. We're not taking sides, we're taking over. Huh. It's on the screen. Because I am unconditionally loved by God and at harvest, I come to God as I am. But through today's life-giving message, I won't stay as I am. This is my banner year, which is my best year yet. In Jesus' name, amen. Here it is, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 2. Listen, why do we stand when we read the word? We stand to honor the reading of the word. What it does is it interrupts our flow. Whatever you stand for, you stand under. Whatever you stand under, you understand. It's about honor. Somebody say honor. Somebody say it again. Somebody say honor. You stand when a judge walks in. You stand when the president walks in. What you're saying is, is I honor you. So what we're doing to the word is we're saying, word of God, we honor you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That's why some of y'all, if you grew up old school and they had that living room and then the family room in that other room, they had that old King James Bible sitting on the coffee table. No witnesses here. Okay. Maybe you had to go up in the south for this. They had that white, big, thick, old King James Version of the Bible with the words about every word was about as big as your pinky. And you had that and you couldn't touch it. And the reason you knew you couldn't touch it is because it sat there and they'd open it up to the, back, to the real, you know, the real scriptures, the real scary scriptures, like the ones. And the Lord did open the earth and consume them all. They put that right there. Or Big Mom was trying to get you, so she opened to the one that says, the wages of sin is death. And you knew you weren't supposed to touch that Bible because you weren't supposed to sit on that couch. You knew you weren't supposed to sit on that couch because it had plastic on it. Yep. See, y'all don't remember that. All right. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 2. You are our epistle. Say, I'm a letter. Say, I'm a story. Written in our hearts, known and read by all men. Say, my life is a story 
being read by someone that's observing me. I will make my story matter. In fact, from this day forward, the best chapters of my story are being written in Jesus' name. Father, speak to us now over these next few moments that we will move and walk in what you have ordained. Today, speak to us as we endeavor into the second week of this series, as we uncover some new characters and uncover some new stories today. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. You can be seated in the presence of the Lord. As you know, we are in week two of this new life-giving message series called This Is My Story because we all have a story. And this series asks the question, what's yours? Look at your neighbor and say, what's yours? Second Corinthians 3.2 says, you are our epistle written in our hearts. That means mind in scripture, known and read by all men. And that means all of your life. Hear me, 9.15, all of your life. The good parts of your life, the bad parts of your life, the bad parts that you called good and the good parts that were really bad uh, and the ugly. They are a story to someone else as an example of what to do and what not to do. Here's what you should be excited about. It doesn't matter how you failed. It doesn't matter how you messed up. It doesn't matter how you jacked up. It's all part of your story and the reason you need to understand that is because you will live your life in perpetual regret if you do not understand that what makes a story great is not only the peaks of the story but the valleys of the story it's not only the great days of the story it's the bad days of the story the truth be told your neighbor has had a lot of drama they've had to deal with they've had a lot of betrayal they've had to deal with they've had a lot of issues they've had to overcome but that's what makes your story worth reading Nobody wants to hear a story where nobody went through anything, nobody had any challenges. No, matter of fact, you don't even like movies like that. You know the movies you like where it gets you to the end. You're like, oh my God. You like nail biters. You like movies that when you go to them, it looks like, I don't know how so-and-so is going to make it out of this. Oh my God. Oh, go, sit down. Stop. Just stop. That's why you talk to the screen in the movie. Why? Because what you're trying to say is, I know what you need to do to make your story better. What you're trying to say is, is this story is now entertaining me. I'm captivated. I'm engaged. And I'm going to tell somebody that's what your life has been. A story that when somebody else looks at it, when somebody else reads it, they're going to say, I know that I know that I know that I know that there must be a God. Because how did you go through all of that and you're still standing? How did you go through all of that and you didn't lose your mind? Somebody said, I got a story to tell. And that's why you can never be ashamed of your testimony. Your testimony is about all the tests and the drama and the hell you've been through that you came up out of. And you're able to tell somebody the same God that got me through that is going to be the same God that can get you through that. The same God that got me out of discouragement will be the same God that gets you out of discouragement. Don't you dare be ashamed of your testimony. You can get up and say, I used to be this, I used to do that, and I'm still doing some of this. But thanks be to God, I may not be where I I want to be, but I thank God I'm not where I used to be. Say, I have a story. That's the majority of the Bible, church. It is God teaching us lessons through the stories of others. And we open up this series with the message to Simons. How many of them? Talking about Simon Peter and Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon Iscariot. Now, you need to go get that message in the bookstore. Get it through auto message in our mobile app. I asked this question, which Simon are you? Now, remember, uh, for a quick rundown, Simon Peter, Jesus gave the surname Peter, which means what? Rock. Judas, Judas' name, uh, in uh, the uh, language of our New Testament, it means a peephole in a door. That's what Judas means. And his last name, Iscariot, means a traitor. He's a door to a traitor. 
And we learned last week, we learned last week that what made Simon Peter's and Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, what made their stories uh, collide together and converge together was this sharing of the word Simon. And one of the definitions of the word Simon means to have a snub nose or his nose was turned up. So we learned from both of them that they had a pride problem. Somebody say a pride problem. And the reality is, is that they both went through challenges to deal with their pride problem. In Judas's case, he didn't handle his scandal well because he wouldn't own his oops. Peter had a scandal too, but he handled his scandal well and he owned his oops. So Peter becomes this great leader that wins many people to Jesus and Judas has to die by his own hand. So we ask the question, which Simon are you? Whenever you allow pride to get in the way of you handling your scandal well and owning your oops, watch this, you will die by your own hand. You won't need an enemy because you'll have yourself. And I came to speak it into somebody's life. Your days of being your own worst enemy, those are coming to a conclusion. Let me prove it to you. Because even you are sick of the old version of you. Even you are sick of the crazy version of you. Even you are sick of the prideful version of you. Who am I talking to? If some of you, you can say, I'm sick of certain parts of myself. Now, what happens is, what happens is, is Simon goes through this sifting. I'm just doing a quick recap. You need to get last week's message. Simon goes through this sifting. In fact, Jesus says to Simon, he says, Simon, Peter, Satan desires to sift you like wheat. And I prayed for you that your faith wouldn't fail you. He said, I'm not getting you out of this, Peter. I'm not getting you out of this because you need this. You need to lose. You need to hurt. You need to lose access. You need to lose opportunity. You need to lose the car. You need to lose the house. You need to lose the money. You need to lose the relationship. You need to lose, Simon, because your snub nose makes you think that you are more than you really are. So you become unteachable, you become uncoachable, and the reason you know it is because you've hit a glass ceiling and can't make any progress and wonder why you're stuck. So Simon gets sifted. Judas, son of Simon Iscariot, he goes to his own scandal too. And what's interesting about it, Peter handles his well, Judas doesn't. Which Simon are you? You remember that? Okay, now, now watch this. Uh, on, on, on Wednesday, we went into the message, Simon Says. Because the truth be told, while Simon had that, Simon Peter had that big, when I say Simon or Simon Peter, I'm talking about the same guy. When he had that big scandal at the end, he only has that big scandal because the previous scandal or the previous situation Jesus had given him an opportunity to deal with his pride, he missed the lesson. You will repeat whatever lessons you miss. Okay. So if you feel like you're going in circles, watch this. Don't be mad. Stop saying, why do I keep going through this? You're asking the wrong question. Instead, you need to say, what didn't I learn last time? Okay? If you keep going through the same types of issues, you need to ask yourself the question, what didn't I learn last time? Because our God, hear me, 915, is not in the business of leaving things as they are. Our God is in the business of making things better. Somebody say, he wants me better. So he won't leave you be. He wants to see you evolve. And to see you evolve, he says, we're going to go back around this lesson because you didn't get it the first time. Which is why some of you single folk keep dating the same person, just in a different body. Because you didn't learn how to spot Ike last time. Y'all not hearing what I'm saying? You didn't learn how to spot Video Girl last time. And so because you didn't learn how to spot them last time, it reintroduced itself in a reincarnated version of the same test. 
Are you here, church? So in today's message, because Peter, Simon Peter, he handles his scandals well. The Bible says in Luke 22 that after he makes this horrible, awful mistake, that he weeps, and his weeping is repentance. And repentance means I changed my mind. Can I just throw this in here for somebody? You're not really repenting because you say you're sorry. You're repenting when you say I changed my mind. A lot of people know how to say sorry because they know that it makes peace. But they haven't actually repented or changed their mind. That's what repent means. Watch this. Repent. Re-again pent. Check it out. Not only does it mean that I changed my mind, but check out repentance. It means I get back to the penthouse. In other words, my actions got me out of my place of authority. My actions got me out of my place of prominence. My actions got me out of my place. I fought hard to get there. But my actions took me up out of there. So when I repent, what I'm saying is I'm getting back on top. Would you just slap somebody one high five and say, you got to get back on top. Yeah, and the fastest way back up top is to say, God, it was me. It was my action. It was my behavior. It was my attitude. It was my mentality. I'm not blaming my kids. I'm not blaming my mama. I'm not blaming my daddy. Somebody holler, it was me. So that's what Simon Peter did. So in today's message, you're going to see Peter in his evolved state. Remember, we've been talking evolution all year. To evolve, it's to go from the inferior to the superior. You're going to see him in his evolved state, minus the Simon part, just the Peter part, because the Simon part was sifted off of him. And you got to go back and get last week's message so that you can be with me. Now, but I'm going to also introduce you to a couple in the book of Acts. We're going to look at Peter in his evolved state, but I want to introduce you to this couple in the book of Acts. They're called Ananias and Sapphira. And in their story, you're going to see some parts of you that must evolve. And with their story, we're going to go line upon line to extract some life-giving lessons. Now, uh, before church, uh, we were talking about this, and, and somebody said, oh, Bishop, that story scares me. And here's the reality. And, and, and they were saying it because it's actually a pretty interesting story because they, they made one mistake and had to die instantly for it. I know that's kind of scary, you know, because that's New Testament death, too. That, that, ain't even, that ain't even Moses' open earth. That's like Jesus' grace and mercy death. But watch this. You are only afraid of correction when you really have no intent to change. It's quiet in the church. You're only afraid of somebody saying something to you when you actually don't want to be better. You just want to be. But what I love about Jesus is he doesn't leave us be. He makes things better. You got that? So here we are. Uh, to set up the stage, you're going to see Peter in his evolved state. Because he's not going to be Simon Peter anymore. Before he was this snub-nosed, prideful, arrogant guy that made all these statements. You're about to see Peter walk in power. But then we're going to learn these two new characters. What are the names? So Sapphira's the wife. Her name in Greek means Jim, Greek language of our New Testament. And Ananias, his name means grace. But what you're going to find out is that they abused their grace so they had to lose their Jim. You, 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 you with me, church? Okay, now, now I'm, I'm starting slow because I want to make sure you get it. You need to stay woke. And stay woke, you got to take you some notes and be a student. That's why, I'm, that's why we're going slow. Y'all with me? Now, Acts 4.32 sets up the story. Now, the book of Acts, the book of Acts, it's the Acts of the Apostles. It's what happens after Jesus 
He gives all of this wonderful authority to them throughout the Gospels. And Jesus says, listen, tag, you're it. That's what the book of Acts is. The book of Acts is, guys, I have did everything I need to do. Stop begging Jesus to do stuff. He's done everything. It's on you now. Literally, the book of Acts is Jesus saying, tag, y'all are it. Go do it. Go handle it. Can I tell you that even today, that's what God needs to communicate to somebody under the sound of my voice? As you're sitting back on pause and God says, uh-uh, 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 why, why do you think I send you to that church every week? Tag, you're it. You're sitting back stressed out. And he said, why do I think I gave you that man of God? Tag, you're it. You're sitting back stressed out, mad, frustrated, and God says, tag, you're it. Here it is, Acts 4, 32. Let's set the stage up. So it's tag, you're it. The church is now growing in a rapid, rapid, fast pace. And here we are, Acts 4.32. We're about to meet Ananias and Sapphira. Now, the multitude of those who believed were of one heart and one soul. Neither did anyone say of any of the things he possessed was his own, but they had all things in common. Here's what I need you to catch. They had one heart and one soul. Now, why would it separate heart from soul? Soul is your mind, thoughts, will, emotions. Heart is your mind. So why would he say they had one mind and one mind, heart, will, emotions? He said even their innermost parts were the same. Nobody had their own agenda apart from the agenda of the apostles. And the apostles have the agenda of God. Check, check this out. Well, let me say it this way. We live now in a culture that has this saying, I have my own truth. And this is my truth. This, this is, you got your truth, and that's how you believe, and that's your opinion, but this is my truth. I need to tell you something. Your truth doesn't matter if it's not his truth. Who cares what you think about it? What does God's word say he thinks about it? Because that's what we live in. We live in a world now where people will say, you know, well, I just think this. I just feel this. I just believe that. Because somehow culture has made you think that when it comes to Jesus that he actually cares what you think. That's, I, know that, I know that's a rough pill for us to swallow in Denver because in Denver, we're the capital of my truth. It's my way. It's my truth. I'm doing my thing. I'm having Jesus at home. I'm having I'm, and I'm doing my own thing, and God understands my heart. Yeah, he understands it's wicked, and it's lazy, and it's dirty, and it's nasty. That's what Jeremiah says. Jeremiah says the heart is deceitfully wicked above all. Who can know it? Who cares what your truth is? Now, I know that I, I'm going to keep saying it because I, I, I figured I'd get stuck right here. That's all right. I'm starting slow. It's kind of like, like anybody in management or leadership or supervisor, it's kind of like you know exactly how it needs to be done. Yet you're training somebody that they never done it a day in their life, and they're trying to tell you, well, this is how it should be. Man, have several seats. Your truth doesn't matter because you don't have any information nor qualifications to justify why your truth matters. Stop your neighbor, high five, say your truth does not matter. They all had one soul, one mind. And that was, what did the men of God say? The apostles. And the apostles said, what did Jesus say? Which means we're aligned with Jesus and you need to align with us. Let me make it clear, church, in case you missed the message. I'm aligned with Jesus. You need to get in alignment with me. I'm not coming to your truth. You're coming to his truth. Somebody shout, it's his truth that matters. So who cares what you think about it? What you feel about it? 
You'll never get anything done when you lead through democracy. That's why, oh, in case you didn't know, America's not a democracy. But by technical definition, this is a, this is a republic. A democratic republic that is really nothing more than an oligarchy. Some of you are like, what are those words that he's using? I'm not even going there. Maybe I'll get there on Wednesday. Say one heart, one soul. This is going to be important because you're going to see where Ananias and Sapphira went wrong because they had their own heart. They had their own soul. And for that, they had to die. Okay, we're going to get there in a minute. Verse 33. And with great power, the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And great grace was upon them all. The whole church. Which means it was just one person with a testimony. Every week, the testimony blog was filled because everybody had a testimony. See, when they evolved their truth to his truth, great grace came upon them. I, I don't think you hear what I'm saying. If you're wondering, well, Lord, when am I going to get my breakthrough? It's evidence you don't have one heart and one soul that's in alignment. But today. See, the book says that they all, watch this, they all had great grace upon them. Why? Because verse 32 says that they were of one heart and one soul. So the leaders were aligned with Jesus and the people were aligned with the leaders and everything was good. So you know what they got? Great grace. You know what great grace is? Grace is favor. It's when God gives you something good you don't deserve. You know what great grace is? Great grace is, this is just so good. I, I don't even know if I can stand to take no more. Let me tell you what's supposed to be on our church, and it'll be on you if you'll get in alignment. Great grace. Great grace means it's so good, I can't take it. On Sunday, grace. On Monday, grace. On Tuesday, grace. Wednesday, grace. Thursday, grace. Friday, grace. It's been so good, I can't take it no more. Somebody holler, great grace is coming upon me. But the prerequisite was there. If you're wondering why somebody else on your role is experiencing great grace and you're not, it's, it, watch this, it's not because God's picking on you. It's because you're out of alignment. How do you have one heart and one soul? They were students. They were students. Somebody say, I'm a student. They were students. A lot of times people will come into church and they say, I just need confirmation. That's cool, but really, and, that, and that's great. Confirmation is phenomenal. The reality is, is what you really need is information. What you really need is impartation. See, when the messages come forth, the messages should challenge you, not just comfort you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Okay, watch this. Verse 34. Nor was there any among them who lacked, for they were all possessors of lands and houses, sold them and brought the proceeds of the things that were sold. Verse 35. And they laid them at the apostles' feet, and they distributed to each one as anyone had need. So here's what happened. The leader said, hey, everybody, we don't, make, we don't want anybody in lack. So because we don't want anybody in lack, um, you know, you all need to take what you got, and we're going to make sure everybody's good. That's what they did. And then everybody did it, and they came and laid it at the apostles' feet. So that's why sometimes if you'll see people, they'll run their offerings down and what have you. The scripture says that you're to bring your offering to the altar. And so this is a very scriptural practice. So if you do that, never let somebody look at you crazy and say, well, I keep running up there putting money down. I'm laying it at the apostles' feet. Are you here? Now, look, they sacrificed to serve, uh, or excuse me, to see the mission advance. They sacrificed to see the mission advance. Check this out. 
Biblical Christianity isn't about making you comfortable. It's about making you change. I have a question. What do you sacrifice so the mission of the church that feeds you advances? This isn't just for Dream Team. This is for everybody. What do you sacrifice to see the mission of the church advance? See, that's what they did in the scripture. And here's what we got in the world today. Well, Bishop, make it happen. You do it. You do it. You do it. That's not how it happened in the Bible. In the Bible, what happened is the man of God says, I'm going to equip you so you can do it. That's why Ephesians 4 says, and he gave these gifts to men to equip the saints to do the work of the ministry. My job is to equip you so you can get it done. Not to do it myself. What general is out on the field shooting? It's, it's quiet in here. So we are like, when is we're going to go to fifth gear. We're, we're, baby, we're still in park. We haven't even met our characters yet. Okay? Say sacrifice. I know sacrifice is a dirty word today, but the reality is it's God's word. God is into people that sacrifice. What's sacrifice? I give up my thing to do his thing. I give up my will to pursue his will. I give up what I want to do what he wants. And it's only a sacrifice to me until I realized that really what I was trading his thing for my thing, I was really doing a cheaper thing. Not a real sacrifice. I, was, I got up early today for church. That ain't no real sacrifice. You get up early to go to work. Say sacrifice. Here it is, verse 36. We're about to meet Ananias and Sapphira. And Joseph, who was also named Barnabas by the apostles, which is translated son of encouragement. So you'll see this other principle. I just want to teach you. Can I just teach you for a minute? You notice that the men of God changed the names of people because they would say, mm -mm, your name is, ooh, your name is a mess. Uh -uh. Your name has got a negative connotation. Let me just throw this in here. You need to go look up what your name means. I used to teach this all the time. And if you don't know what your name means, you need to figure it out because every time somebody says your name, they are calling something into existence. Okay. So Jabez says, mama names him Jabez and that means pain. So every time people say, hey, Jabez, they're saying, come here, pain. And so finally, Jabez prays his prayer and says, oh, Lord, I don't want this to be my story. My mom was crazy when she named me. I don't want that to be my story. You need to know what your name means. And in the scripture, whenever somebody's name wasn't congruent with assignment, they changed their name. Okay? All right. Are you still with me, church? All right. So they, they, they changed his name, uh, which is translated son of encouragement, a Levite of the country of Cyprus. Verse 37. Having land, sold it and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. Check out his sacrifice. He says, the church needs to advance. I own this land. I'm selling it so the church can advance. Now, just in case you wonder, am I saying you should do that? Well, maybe. If you got some land, go on, go, come on, let's work with it. Okay. Your life, the only way it's going to matter, see, you measure it like this. I've got a great marriage. I've got some kids. I've got a great car. I have incredible credit and a wonderful 401k player. And Jesus says, I don't care about none of that. Because the only thing Jesus says he's building is his church. And when you handle his business, I think I got some witnesses, won't he handle your business? So that's what they did in the scripture. They said, I got this land, but I'm not doing anything with it. Let me use what I have to advance the church. Well, that, that, that's, a, that's a big issue we got in our uh, American culture today. It's because everybody's trying to do their own thing. Everybody's trying to have their own little hustle. And Jesus says, the reason I'm not blessing your hustle is because you're not blessing my church. And because you're not doing my business, I don't care about your business. It's not about your truth. It's about my truth. Are you here? it is 
So watch this. Everyone was in alignment. One heart and what? One soul. Say it, 915. One heart. Say it with me. Say it. Except these two we're about to meet. And the lessons we can learn from them aren't just to couples, but to all of us, because we could all find ourselves in this situation. Here's Acts 5 and 1. Acts 5 and 1 is a continuation of Acts 4. And here's how we know it, because the first word is what? But. Which means all we're looking at is the continuation of the prior sentence. So, but. Somebody holler, but. but. A certain man named Ananias and Sapphira, his wife, sold the possession. Doesn't tell us what the possession was. He just told us how to handle it. Verse 2. And he kept back part of the proceeds. Watch this. And his wife knew what he was doing. And brought a certain part and laid it at the apostles' feet. I need you to check this out. It gives us all these examples of how these other people, they did it, they laid it, they did it, they sacrificed, they did it, they made the vision advance. And now we see Ananias and Sapphira. And when we see Ananias and Sapphira, the scripture says they kept back. Here's the principle. You wreck when you withhold. Ananias and Sapphira wrecked when they withheld. Question, why'd they hold back? Think about it. Let's just say they sold a piece of land. Let's just say they sold it for, I don't know, a cool million. Everybody in the bookstore is like, I received that. Amen. <laughs> Here's what they did. They came to the apostles, to Peter, James, John, and the rest of them. And they said, here's 800, 800 grand. That should be good. Watch this. I'm not giving all of me. I'm keeping some of me so that I have a plan B. Y'all going to get it in a uh, Why did he hold back? I bet you he thought, I got to be a good husband. I got to protect my wife. And what he should have been doing is showing her honor. And instead of showing her honor, saying, you give it all to the men of God, he showed her dishonor, and so they both had to die for it. I bet you he thought, you know, I'm just, I'm just I got to think about my future. I got to think about my own family. I got to think about my own cheering. Notice they didn't have any, which in Hebrew culture meant that, uh, that the woman was looked at with shame, which tells us that they already had honor problems. You still here? We're about to go to first gear. We're still in park. <laughs> Say, why do you hold back? Question, why do you hold back? Why don't you give everything you do your all? Especially in those five T's. You know the five T's. Time, church attendance, talent, serving in church, treasure, giving you your tithes, offerings, first fruits, love offerings, thirst, that's your prayer, praise, and worship. That's why when I mounted the pulpit today, I said, wait a minute, what's going on out here? I'm watching y'all watch them. Because you were holding back in your praise. And whenever you hold back, something has to die. I said, whenever you hold back, something has to die. Whenever you withhold, something has to wreck. Are you hearing me? And then your testimony, inviting people to church. See, many of us complain to God, yet we're the ones that are holding back, so we stay stuck in setbacks. 
That's why Colossians 3.23 says this. And whatever you do, do it heartily with all of you. Don't hold anything back as to the Lord and not to men. So check it out. Ananias thought, well, we're giving this to the men. Not understanding when we gave it to the men of God, we were giving it to the God of the men. Are you here? So watch what happens. Sometimes you're not doing wrong, but you're not doing enough of what's right. And that's because you've not decided to be all in. You've not decided that for God I live. For God I, you've not decided that I'm going to be faithful to them five T's. You've not actually decided that. It's kind of a let's see what happens today. Which is why you're always up and down emotionally. You're always up and down emotionally because you've not made any decisions. Just like Ananias and Sapphira. They were around the church, but it wasn't in them. Are you hearing me, church? Now, now check this out. You have a million things that, that matter to you, but don't matter to God. Why? Maybe you're like Ananias and Sapphira, and you've majored in the minor, and you've minored in the major. And there's a price for that. There's a price for that. I said there's a price for that. Okay, watch this. Verse 3. But Peter said, Ananias. So here's what happened. They sold it for how much in our example? A million. How much they give to the men of God? 800,000. What did he do? Took some off the top. Why? We don't know. God doesn't even tell us because God says, I don't even care. Your truth about it doesn't matter. What did I say to do? You know, you know what kind of people really get biblical Christianity or people that have ever been in the military? Any folks that have been in the military? Okay, okay. Okay, good. All two. We salute your service. Now, let me tell you, let me tell you why military folks get it. Because in the military, when the CO, when the commanding officer gives an order, the military doesn't say, well, I just would like to talk about that. I know you said shoot over here, but I just feel that we should be shooting over here. They're going to lock, they're going to take your gun, they're going to lock you up and throw away the key. And you might get sent down to Guantanamo. Some of you are in a spiritual Guantanamo. Because every time an order comes through God's word, you're like, well, I'm processing it. Well, hurry up. What are you, a Windows computer or something? Hurry up, process it. <laughs> Verse 3. Nothing against Windows. But Peter said, watch this, watch what Peter says. Who? Peter. Who is he no longer? Simon Peter. Why? He evolved. Why? He was sifted. So now he's up in a whole nother place. A few chapters earlier, throughout the chronological history of the New Testament, a few chapters earlier, he's denying Jesus. Now he's helping to run the show. Which is good news. Let me pause for the cause. It doesn't matter what your story was last week. The kind of God we can serve is one day you can be the tail and the next day you can be the head. One day you can be the bottom. The next day you can be the top. One day you can be the least likely to succeed. And the next day you'll be the one that's having great success. Somebody say my story can change just like that. So Peter says, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie? 
to the Holy Ghost. Watch this. Watch what the lie was and hold back. Part of the price of the land for yourself. Look at me, church. Notice his sin. His sin was holding back. Did you catch that? So every time we say, oh, you know, I should shout, but I, you know, I should give it my all. And this is in every area of your life. Every time we hold back and withhold, notice, he said, you, your sin, Ananias, is that you lied. And the lie was you held back. While it remained, verse 4, was it not your own? After so, wasn't it in your control? Why did you conceive this in your heart? You didn't lie to men, but you lied to God. He said, you faked everybody else out, but God knew that in the realities of your heart is that your heart wasn't right. Your heart was jacked up, messed up, tied up, which is why somebody needs to say like the psalmist, Lord, created me a clean heart. And renew a right spirit within me. It's some stuff in my heart. Watch this. Watch this. If this is hitting you in a really profound way, you know what it's hitting? Your heart. And your heart is your mind in Scripture. It's making you actually realize that some stuff you've been dealing with has actually been you. But today. But today. And you got five minutes to get it, so you got to come on with it. He says, he says, you lied to God. He says, you faked everybody else up, but not us. Then Ananias, hearing these words, he fell down. You read it. Breathe his last. Next verse, or his next part, excuse me, go back. Next part of the verse. So great fear. Except Sapphira. Because she thought she could have her truth. I just see it differently. I just view it differently. Did you know what God says? Okay. All right. Some of y'all wonder, what is this, Bishop? This is the typewriter, because we're about to rewrite your story. <laughs> now, 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 check this out. <laughs> check this out. Check this out. Verse 6. And the young man arose and wrapped him up, carried him out, and buried him. Notice, there's this hat in church. Then it's offering time. Right, watch everybody that ain't tired and start giving very faithfully today. It's over time. So, 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 so Ananias comes up and says, Ananias, I can't believe you did this. You lied like that? Mm, that's unfortunate. He drops out. He dies. Two of the blue coats come and get him. Wrap him up. Take him out. Anybody else have something they want to tell us? <laughs> Sometimes God will handle you severely to be an example to somebody else. So sometimes you wonder, why does it seem like uh, everybody else gets away with this and gets away with that? God says, because your story is going to be an example to somebody else. And they didn't get away with it. I'm saving you, so you're going to have to. His withholding was called lying. And I'm sure he had good reasons in his truth. But he didn't get a chance to explain it. Hear me, this is going to be another rough part that I need us to get. God doesn't want to hear your excuses. He wants to see our evolution. You don't want to hear nobody's excuses. Okay, if you if you if you married somebody and it's your birthday and the whole day goes by and they ain't said nothing, you don't really want to hear. I've just been working so hard. I don't care nothing about that. You knew what today was. Well, I was in the space shuttle. Well, you should have told ET to let you phone home. 
I don't care nothing about that. <laughs> so in American Christianity, here's what we say. Well, God understands my heart. And he's like, I do, but I don't care, though, because I want you to be better. I want you to evolve. See, it's not that he doesn't care because he doesn't love you. Because he loves you, he doesn't care about your excuses. And anybody that really loves you will listen to your excuses and say, all of that's nice, but I don't want to hear all of that. Rise up and evolve. Be everything God has ordained for you to be. Somebody holler, I'm rising up. So stop lying on God. Don't say the Holy Ghost told you to violate the Bible. Holy Ghost told me not to go to church today. Holy Ghost told me not to give faith. Holy Ghost told me not to serve. Holy Ghost told me to move in with somebody I ain't married to. Holy Ghost said, Holy Ghost ain't done none of that. Say amen to that. I'm feeling a little petery. Now, I'm not beating anybody up. I, I was having a conversation with somebody. They kept talking to me about, oh, the Holy Spirit and Spirit-led. and spirit. He kept telling me all this about how the Spirit's leading him and all that. As I'm listening to the conversation, I'm like, how? I said, how is the Holy Ghost doing all of this? I said, Do, isn't it true that you don't tithe? Now, everything, no, 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 don't get caught up. It's not the money. It's the principle. I said, so the Bible calls you a robber. So I'm just trying to figure out what God are you talking to where you get to rob from him, and he still wants to sit up and have conversations all day with you. What person do you get to date where they look, they out on Instagram with they other, out on Facebook with the other, and, and you be like, so what are y'all doing? <laughs> no, what? what? <laughs> so here's what we'll do in American Christianity. We'll justify stuff. And then watch this. Then you'll go lie on God and say stuff the Bible never says. When God closes one door, he opens another. Bible don't say that. If God shuts one door, he'll open a window. Don't say that either. If God wants you to have it, he'll give it to you. Doesn't say that either. Cleanliness is next to godliness. It implies that. It implies that. Doesn't say it. Implies it. So they made up their own truth, church. Here's what I'm trying to get us to get. is to deconstruct our version of our own truth. Because they had to die for it. What has had to die in your life because of that? It's quiet. Verse 7. It was about three hours later. Here it is. We got to wrap it up. His wife came in, not knowing what happened. Everybody else knew but her. You know why? Because she was so caught up in her own truth, she missed what was right in front of her. She was so caught up in trying to be right that she missed the truth. So three hours later, now go back to the previous verse because I want you to see this. Uh, uh, Go to verse 5. Look, it says, and great fear came upon what? All who heard about it. Go to verse 7. Three hours later, so evidently she didn't get the message. Because he was in the back trying to cook the books. When his wife came in, not knowing what happened, so she walks in. Hey, about hey, girl. Hey, I'm ready for service. Ooh, service is going to be good. Man, I like this series. This is a good series. And uh, watch the next verse. And, and so next verse says, Peter, Peter answered her. Go to verse 7. Come on. Can we go to fifth gear? We got to go there because I'm out of time. 
Now it's about three hours later when his wife came in, not knowing what happened. Look at verse 8. And Peter answered her, which meant, watch this, embedded in her aura was the arrogance of a question. Like, what you going to do? Some of you, you've been having that mentality with God, like, what you going to do? You've been having that mentality with your boss, what you going to do? You got that mentality in church, what you going to do? Well, he'll show you in the next verse. And Peter answered her and said, how is it you've agreed to test the spirit of the Lord? Oh, go, to the, go back to verse 8. And Peter answered her, tell me whether you stole the lamb for so much. He says, now remember in our example, how much? A million. So how much did she bring it? Uh, did Ananias bring it for? 800,000. Okay. So Peter says, hey, Sapphira, how you doing, girl? Good. Hey, look at big girl. Uh, how much y'all sell that lamb for? Did you sell it for so much? Notice the amount's not mentioned because the amount's not the issue. The issue is the heart. There are some things you're dealing with right now that God says it's not hard, but your heart is. He says, oh, yes, we only sold it for 800000 Look at the next verse. It says, then Peter said, how y'all agree together to try the Lord? He said, look at the feet of those who have buried your husband. They're at the door. And you're about to die now, too. They're about to carry you out. Verse 10. Then immediately, she fell down at his feet and breathed her last. New Testament. God of grace. God of mercy. God of love. Play with him. He'll cut you. But here's what I love about him. Is he only cuts you because he loves you. Just like some of you parents, when you discipline your children, you say, now come here, I'm doing this because I love you. Then immediately, she fell down at his feet and breathed her last. And the young men came in and found her dead. They carried her out. And they buried her by her husband. Watch how fast the Bible moves on. So great fear came upon all church. And upon everybody that heard these things. That's what the book says, church. And look at verse 12. Look at verse 12. Look at verse 12. Yet none of the rest dared join them, but the people <laughs> esteemed them highly. Oh, go back to verse 11. <laughs> Uh, 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 uh. So great fear came upon all the church and upon all who are these things. The next verse. And on through the hands of the apostles, many signs and wonders were done among the people. And they were all with one accord in Solomon's porch. Watch this. Anybody that wouldn't get with one accord, the apostles said, we don't want them. Because what they're actually doing is adding cold water to the hot water. There are certain people in your life that they're not part of your hot water. They are cold water. And what you have to decide is, is it worth trying to constantly heat them up to keep them around? Look at verse 13. Come on, verse 13. Verse, yet none of the rest dared to join them, but the people esteemed them highly. Look at verse 14. And the believers increasingly added to the Lord multitudes, both men and women. Look at me. Once they removed the cancer, Growth happened. Once they removed who had their own truth, everybody that was with his truth, they began to grow. Next verse. So they brought the sick into the streets and laid them on the beds and couches. Watch this. I just wanted you to see what happened to our, to our fellow from last week. So that the shadow of Peter 
chronologically a few chapters earlier, he's denying Jesus. But once he dealt with his snub nose, once he dropped his truth to pick up God's truth, once he dropped his will to pick up God's will, he went from being a denier of Jesus to now if somebody gets in his shadow. Look at verse 16. And a multitude gathered from surrounding cities to Jerusalem, bringing the sick people and those who were there. Look at me. Peter's shadow began to heal people. Now I need you to catch it. Last week, we opened the series. We all have a story. What's yours? I just want you to see their stories. Last week, Peter looks like a total, complete failure. Then he bounces back and he strengthens his brethren. But he bounces back so big that his shadow has healing power. I came to speak it into somebody's life that as you begin to bounce back and drop your truth to pick up God's truth, drop your will to pick up your, uh, his will, you're going to be able to walk in on your job and folk just going to... And they're going to say, what happened, baby? It's because I dropped my truth and picked up his truth. I dropped my will and picked up his will. So here it is. Let me finish this. Ananias and Sapphira have to die. Something has to die whenever you withhold. Got that? There's areas of your life you're withholding. And you're withholding. And watch this. And now you got a co-signer to justify your withholding. You got a co-signer to justify why you, why God's will isn't important to you. You got somebody to agree with you now. And wrong becomes strong with a co-signer. But in the end, it won't win. It won't. So here's the whole point. He's like, Bishop, what's the point? You're giving us a lot of information. What's the whole point? It, 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 it's summed up right here in this one big idea. Say, what's the big idea? The only way to discover where you need to evolve is the word. Watch this. James 1.22. He's like, well, Bishop, what is God's truth? Well, there's hundreds of messages available already. They got quiet right there. Like, what is God's truth? That's why I talked slow today. No, I'm serious. I, I, I went slow today because I wanted to make sure that you understood this is not entertainment. And I know in today's American church, that's, that's kind of what everybody wants. It's come, go for 60 minutes, have a good show, and be told everything's going to be fine, and then leave, and everything ain't fine, but come back to get a little bit more. You know, you get like, you just like, like a crack, crack fiend. You know, you just, you just, you know, I get a Coke, what, you know, whatever, you know, whichever, you know, whatever. It's, it's, it's a high. It's a high because, well, I'm entertained and, uh, and so, and I just feel like everything's going to be all right. Mm, might not be. If you don't evolve, might not be. It might, just might not be. I said, just might not be. Okay, watch this. James 1.22. Here it is. Y'all all right, church? Now I'll shout you. But be what? Doers of the word. Not what? Hearers only. Deceiving yourselves. He says, so the only one you're deceiving when you hear these messages but don't do anything you learn in these messages is you. You ever, you ever sat with somebody in church and just be like, this is exactly what I know they needed to hear. And then get on the phone with them after church and then they, they say something like, were you there? Come on. 
Even if you're sitting next to him, it's okay. Let's just go ahead and bust that Ananias and Sapphira spirit out. Like, the message can be about, you know, like, let me just use an example. No more popcorn chicken. And they leave and go get some popcorn chicken. And I'm just using this example. And you're like, were you listening? And then you get mad when Jesus says, you just need to handle you. You just need to handle you. Uh -uh, look at this. James 1.22. Be doers of the word, not just hearers deceiving yourselves. Verse 23. For if anyone is a hearer and not a doer, watch this. He's a natural man observing his natural face in a mirror. Watch this. Next verse. But once he observes himself, goes away, forgets what kind of man or woman they are. So here's what we're not going to do anymore in your story. We're not going to come in here and just, woo, 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 woo. We're going to do that. We're going to shout. We're going to celebrate. But we're not just going to come in here just to get inspired. We're going to come in here to get some information. Which means if you're not a note taker, I want to start challenging you to be a note taker. If you're not a CD getter, I want to challenge you to start being a CD getter. I know I'm making it up. If you're not an auto message subscriber, I want to challenge you to be an auto message subscriber. If you don't have that mobile app, I want to challenge you to get that mobile app to get these messages. Why? Because God says no longer in your story is he going to permit you to look at the mirror but not evolve. And listen, here's what you need to celebrate. Because I know some of you are like, Bishop, I got a lot to change. You know how you do it? One step at a time. You know how you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. Now, I don't eat elephant. I'm just sure that that's, that's the only way you can eat it. I see those commercials on TV. They're trying to save the elephants. I understand. You know how you evolve? You look at the word and you say, wait a minute. Where have I been like? So here's what you do when you go home. Let me just make it real practical. And I'm way over time. But it's going to be a quick invitation. Here's what you do. When you go home, you think about this message. If you're in between experiences, you'll be at the next experience. You think about this message. Where have I had my own truth? Where have I been Ananias and Sapphira? Where have I just said, I'm doing it my way, and I don't really care to write the right way it is? Where have you just said, oh, it's my thing. I'm going to do what I want to do. I'm a grown man. I'm a grown woman. Ain't nobody going to tell me nothing. God knows my heart. God ain't perfect. God understands. Bishop. Where have you been angry at God? Where have you been frustrated at God? And God is saying, You've been Ananias and Sapphira. You've not done it my way. I said pray without ceasing. You prayed once. I, I said forgive. You haven't forgiven. I said be a student. Yeah, a student. You've got your own truth, yet you're in the place of truth. Are you hearing me, church? Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. 
Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10. That's V-I-A-T-O-R-10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator.